Welcome back. You're listening to This Week with Adam Maguire and Justin McCarthy. Now, how safe are our cities and towns? How safe is our capital city? Figures produced by Angarda Siakana on Friday show that in January of this year, reported crimes against the person were up 11% on the previous 12 months. There was also a 7% increase in public order incidents, including a 16% increase in drunkenness offences. In a moment, we'll talk to Fianna Fáil's Justice Spokesman Jim O'Callaghan. But first, I've been speaking to one young woman, Fiona Daly, who took public transport into Dublin city centre last Saturday afternoon, and she's been telling me about her experience. So last Saturday I went into Dublin City Centre and I had an appointment and I was coming home around 7pm. Now 7 in itself it's not particularly late, you know midweek that's the time people would be coming home from work and I was getting the bus home, I was waiting on Talbot Street um, first and foremost it was about 38 minutes until the next bus. Now on any given day in broad daylight that's not exactly ideal so I decided to start walking to Connolly Station. That's approximately a four-minute walk max. Um, And I was walking along, and a man crossed the road to a group of two lads who were on my side of the street. I don't know if he knew them. I don't know what happened. I kept my head down and kept walking, but he threatened to stab one of them in the neck with a wine bottle. Mm -hmm. Now, ironically, there was actually a man coming towards me when this happened, and he was pulling a suitcase. Now, I don't know if this man was a tourist. I presume he was. He probably got off the station himself. What an image of Dublin. I just, I kept my head down. I kept walking fast, but it was intimidating. It was scary. And to be honest with you, I actually just felt anger. I felt such anger and frustration at what has happened to Dublin, at the fact that that has actually just become normalized. And I kind of just felt, are politicians themselves, are they getting transport? Are they seeing this? I don't see them on the buses. I'm sure some of them get transport. They would have to. But you just, you just wonder what has become of Dublin. And it just wasn't nice. This wasn't a threat directed directly at you, but you were there and you witnessed it. So how did you feel about it? Exactly. So the thing is, whether you yourself get mugged or attacked or intimidated, there's still this air of intimidation in the air in Dublin nowadays. Once upon a time, I loved going to the city centre. It's not anymore. So as I said, I kept my head down and I kept walking, but you are petrified. I mean, I'm a, I am a young woman by myself. If somebody did start on me, I'll be honest, unless I just started legging it and I rang them, I'm not going to be able to handle myself. I'll be blunt. I just won't. So petrified, but also angry. You know, I used to love Dublin. I really did. I was born in Dublin. I've lived here all my life. I never wanted to see a day where I'd be putting it down. But it gets to a stage where I guess enough is enough. And and so um, this happened as you were uh, you were waiting for a bus. You decided to walk. Um, would it put you off using public transport, the fact that you have to go into the city, that you will have to wait around uh, in, in areas, perhaps in, in, in a poorly lit areas as well? W- would that cause you to think twice about using public transport again? So if you had asked me that question years ago, I would have thought it was mad to consider going into the city centre and not getting the bus. It was just what we did and you would look at the price of parking. It was just what people did. Nowadays, it would 100% put me off. My bus is on Talbot Street, which traditionally is just an area known for antisocial behaviour, for violence, for stealing, for drug use, drug dealing. About three weeks ago, there was actually a stabbing about 10 seconds from my bus stop. It is poorly lit. I never see a Garda presence on the ground. The only time I see a Garda presence on that street is if they're going into a shop after they've been called because there's been antisocial behaviour. There just aren't Gordy there. If there are, I do not see them. It would 100% put me off. I mean, 38 minutes for a bus in broad daylight. 
on a bad street you don't want to do after dark. It gets dark early in Dublin. So yes, absolutely. They want people to get out of cars. If you want people to get out of cars, you need to provide a safe working alternative and they haven't done that. Um, There's absolutely a lack of joined up thinking. Buses, I don't, it's not Dublin buses' fault that they can't recruit drivers. I don't blame people for not wanting to drive the buses if they're subject to antisocial behaviour themselves. With regard to guard, regards to guard and numbers, maybe numbers are up, but I don't see them. The numbers that we have on the streets of Gordy, on the beach, patrolling, doesn't match what is needed for cities like this. That was Fiona Daly, just one citizen of Dublin, telling me about her experiences in Dublin city centre last Saturday night. We were in touch with the Department of Justice about the concerns raised by Fiona and they told us that crime increases highlighted in recent figures, including increases in public order offences and assaults, theft and robbery can all largely be attributed to the reopening of the economy after COVID, but that any increases in crime are concerning. The department said the recent budget increases uh, will allow for the recruitment of an additional 1,000 Gardaí and a new Garda station on O'Connell Street will open very soon. We're joined now in studio by Jim O'Callaghan, Fianna Falls Justice Spokesman. Jim O'Callaghan, you're welcome to the programme. Thanks, Justin. You heard Fiona there outlining her experience. I think it's an experience that a lot of people could relate to. Um, She no longer feels safe going into Dublin city centre as a young woman. Do you accept that policing in the capital right now is inadequate? Yeah, I do accept that. And I regret to say as well that Fiona's account doesn't surprise me. Last summer, Fianna Fáil conducted a survey of public transport users in Dublin city. And 90% of the people who responded to the survey said they'd witnessed antisocial behaviour. 38% said they'd been victims of it. So listen, we need to recognise at the outset that there is a problem in our capital city. And it's having a very significant impact just on ordinary people using it, on tourists coming to the city. And we need a proper response to it. And one of the obvious proper responses is we need much more Gardaí on the ground in the capital. If you look at the the Garda numbers at the moment, I took a look at them earlier. There are currently, I think, 14,113 Gardaí uh, in Ireland. If you go back to 2009, when the population was much lower, the number of Gardaí was about 400 higher than it is today. Those numbers speak for themselves, don't they? They do, but also what you don't take into account is the fact that we have a recruitment crisis in Angarda Siakana at present. Last year, the government afforded uh, money to recruit 1,000 extra Gardaí, the same this year. We simply aren't getting in the numbers. So we need to look at other measures of ensuring that we retain and get in greater numbers into Angarda Siakana. One of the things we should be looking at is the retirement age. Maybe we should be permitting people to stay on after 60 years of age. Also, we need to look at the fact that we preclude people over the age of 35 joining but, the Garda. The, the Department of Justice said they, they had a huge response. I think they had something like 14,000 applicants uh, for, for their recent re- recruitment drive. So getting in the numbers shouldn't be the problem. But it's actually getting training the guards and putting them on the streets. Well, the, there is a problem in recruiting Gardaí, even though a huge number of people displayed interest in it. We didn't get the recruits in last year. If you look at the numbers last year, I think it was in the figure of 200. So we need to go on a recruitment drive to get them in. We also need to look at issues in terms of public transport, like trying to have a unit within Garda Siakana that's devoted to public transport. If you listen to Fiona's account there, one of the things that you know for certain if you're on a bus or you're on a Lewis or you're on a Dart is that you're not going to encounter a guard and that's why we think it's a good idea if there was a guard a public transport unit established. Okay, so all of those points you know, that, that you're making there 
uh, could equally be made by an opposition TD. You're a, a TD who's in government. Yeah. Uh, are you saying, and these are policy decisions that you're that you're talking about? Are the policies uh, are in? Is is the minister not doing his job properly then? Well, in terms of the uh, Garda public transport unit. That is an issue, a decision for the commissioner. I can't force the commissioner, nor can the government force the commissioner to set up a unit within Angarda Siakana for a particular type of offence. However, if he doesn't do it, what will happen is probably what happened in the UK, where there's a separate statutory body set up the British Transport Police. So I would urge the commissioner to look again at this issue of public transport units within Angarda Siakana, and I think it is beneficial. But like po- politics obviously plays a significant role in trying to respond to the issues about the crime in the inner city. And what we need to do is, well, politics provides the resources. We need to ensure we have the Gardaí there. And the commissioner needs to ensure that the Gardaí are out in the street. And like I'm in constant contact because it's my constituency, the area around Pierce Street, uh, down by um, uh, City Quay as well. And there are ongoing problems there with not antisocial behaviour, but violence down there. And the Gardaí and Pierce Street, in fairness, are trying to do their best, but more resources are required. All right, before I let you go, you, you're also a barrister, a senior counsel. This week, the government will be examining its legal options in relation to the eviction ban, which is currently in place. Are there legal barriers preventing the government from extending the moratorium on evictions now? Well, it's a complex legal issue. And if you look at the Constitution, obviously the government will have to take into account the rights of property owners and the rights of tenants. And if you look at Article 43, it refers to the fact that the common good and the exigencies of the common good can be taken into account. When you look at the eviction bans that were introduced during COVID and during last winter, I think they were merited and were clearly constitutional. However, if there's a permanent eviction ban, that's going to be unconstitutional. So obviously the government have got to balance any measures it brings in to ensure that it reflects all the rights of the individuals involved. And, you know, if there is a challenge and if the eviction ban was extended, the government is going to have to ensure that the rights of property owners are given some recognition in that legislation if it introduces it. Fianna Falls Justice Spokesman Jim O'Callaghan, thank you very much indeed for talking to us today.